You're listening to TMI with Christine, a show where we give you way too much information about meal planning and time management. Hey, hey, this is Christine Pittman, and you're listening to TMI with Christine, a show where we give you way too much information about meal planning and time management. Why? So that you don't have to figure these things out for yourself. Sit back, relax, go for a drive, go for a walk, listen, and get great ideas for streamlining your cooking life. So I have a question for you to start today. What would you get up at 1 a.m. in the morning for? Really, what are the things that you could see yourself getting out of bed at 1am for? I asked this question because the interview that I have for you today is with a pastry chef named Alix Loisel, and he gets up at 1am most days to start baking. And he describes it as, you know, this wonderful, peaceful time that that he really enjoys. And and we had this conversation and I heard about his life and I was really inspired about this like, oh my God, love it so much. I'd get up in the middle of the night to do it, you know? And then I had another conversation with um, somebody named Selena, who you'll be hearing from in a couple of weeks, who definitely would not get up at one o'clock in the morning to do anything related to cooking for sure. Um, she just doesn't like it as much, right? And this got me thinking about how, well, we're all different, of course, but we have different likes and we have different priorities and and different things that will literally get us out of bed in the morning or early in the morning, 1 a.m. in the morning, right? And I think when it comes to thinking about um, how we organize our lives and the things that we value and spend time on, um, it's important to keep in mind that those decisions are so often based on the things we enjoy doing as much as they are on the things that we have to do. So today I am going to talk some more about priorities and time. And I think it's probably helpful right now, especially as we head even closer to, um, well, we're in the holiday season and we're getting up to sort of crunch time. It's important to be thinking about like, okay, what are the things that need to be done? What are the things I want to be done? And, and how can I figure out, you know, what I can leave out and what I must do and how best to spend my time in a way that isn't going to make me crazy, right? So I'm going to talk a little bit about that in the next section of this show. And then we are going to hear from Alex and you're going to love him. He's, he's fantastic. And then I've got a meal plan for you today that is really, really quick and easy meals because I know it is crunch time and you are thinking about wrapping presents and cooking big dinners and all of that stuff. And you do not have time to be worrying about spending a lot of time in the kitchen, spending a lot of time cooking. So that's what we've got coming right up. It's not that complicated. I know that you can make it if you try. It's all yours for the taking. Come on and follow me, I'm 
I think we all get into the habit of saying certain things without realizing what we're saying. And, you know, the best example of that is we ask each other, how are you? Even when we don't necessarily want an answer, right? Like if you're at the grocery store and the cashier says, how are you today? You're supposed to say fine or good or okay. And you're not supposed to say, oh my God, it's been the worst day ever. My mother isn't speaking to me and I have to drop this package off by 2 p.m. And I only have five minutes to get there. I mean, that is not the intent of that kind of question, right? Um, but but we, we say it. How are you? Fine. Um, as part of just our normal um, script or something that we use in our normal day, right? And I think there's a lot of other phrases that people use without realizing what they mean. And not everybody, but I know I do this. Um, I will say that I don't have time for something. So if I'm talking to somebody who um, does a lot of knitting, I might say, oh my God, your knitting is so beautiful. I wish I had time to do something like this. Now I know how to knit. I actually really enjoy knitting. I've stopped doing it as much since moving from Canada to Florida. Oh gee, I wonder why. Um, I, I just don't do it as much. Um, and I think as my life has gotten busier, I've had I've new hobbies, my business has taken off. I have just, and, and of course, living in such a hot place, knitting has become less of a priority in my life. It's lower down. I absolutely could still knit while watching TV like I used to, or, you know, spend some time listening to podcasts and knitting like I used to do, but I'm not. And it's not really because the time isn't there. It's, it's because it's just not as important to me anymore. But I think we say things like, I don't have time for that, um, to sort of be a code for, you know, that's not a highly ranked priority in my life. You know, um, not all the time. There are other reasons why people can't do a whole bunch of things. And there's a, legitimately people really, really stressful situations don't have time for things. But I think it is this quick shorthand, like, how are you? Fine. Oh, I don't have time for that. That we use that often means a lot more than that. And I first heard about this and really thought about it when reading a book called The Big Leap. The Big Leap. It's by Gay Hendricks, and it's a very popular book. It's a self-help book. That's not a genre that I always go to, but it has um, several main points, and one of them is about uh, time as sort of a lie that we use to others and to ourselves to explain why we don't do things. And it's the to ourselves part that I wanted to just talk about for a couple of minutes about here because I it, I don't think it matters to me or or to anybody um really if if you say oh I wish I had more time to cook I mean I'm not going to say oh that really means that you're not prioritizing it highly enough like oh absolutely not I I you know if you don't have time to cook you don't have time to cook and I I am totally supportive of whatever you want to do to feed yourself and your family and I I think it's all great but I think in our own heads we can take a moment when we hear ourselves saying I don't have time for 
cooking or I don't have time uh, to do a big grocery shop. I don't have time to meal plan. I don't have time uh, to knit. I don't have time um, to travel. Any of these things that it's useful to take a step back and just think about what that code, that quick script actually might mean inside for ourselves, right? So um, does it mean that you don't have time for hobbies anymore? Does it mean that, um, you know, you're you're really prioritizing your career right now and you're not going to get sidetracked on these other things? Or you've had kids and you're more stressed out and exhausted than you used to be. Um, So that phrase, I don't have time, um, can actually if we hear it, if we hear ourselves saying it, and then we pause and listen to our minds and what is all around that, we can get some good insight into what our priorities are and where we do want to put our time, what we do have time for. And so as we're getting into this crunch time of the holiday season, I think it's, it's really important to think about that phrase I don't have time, um, and use it to inform how we spend these last few weeks of 2020. Oh God, this year. Uh, But yeah, so if you find yourself thinking, oh, I don't have as nice decorations as my neighbor, I just don't have time to be like, it's been a crazy year and I just don't have the energy to do this right now. And that is okay, right? Like it's, it's not something we need to throw an excuse at even. Oh, I didn't have time. It's like, I just didn't want to. I just don't feel like it. I just can't fit that in right now into my brain space, into my mind space. And that is a totally okay thing to do. And I think in light of the first segment where I was talking about, you know, what would you get out of bed at 1am to do? We all could get up at 1am and add more decorations to our house or shop online for more presents or bake more Christmas cookies. Uh, That time is available, but do we love it? Do we want to spend that time doing that? Or do we really need the sleep right now? I really need the rest right now because that is what it's going to be about for these last few weeks of this year is taking care of ourselves, loving ourselves, recognizing that we don't have to have the energy or the time or whatever for all of this stuff. And we can just enjoy this season, this bit of joy that we get at the end of the year to celebrate family and loved ones and, and food if you feel like cooking, if you have the time for it. Um, And, you know, we're not maybe going to be able to get together with everybody and see everyone, but, you know, spending, you know, not, not cooking and not decorating and instead scheduling a couple of Zoom chats with old friends or old family. Maybe that's the thing that you want to be doing right now. And that's what you want to be resting at 1am so that you can do on the next day. You know what I mean? So let's reflect. You know, if you hear yourself saying, I don't have time for that, take a breath and think, I don't have energy for that. It is not a priority for me right now. 
and that is okay. I'm going to get a good night's sleep tonight. You're listening to Christine talk about meal planning and time management, but do you know who she is? She's been helping households with her recipes and time management ideas for over a decade on CookTheStory.com and The Cookful. With over 2 million visitors per month on her websites and over 40 outstanding cookbooks, now she's talking to you directly on this podcast and accompanying newsletter. Go to CookTheStory.com newsletter and get her meal plans, recipes, and all her amazing ideas to help you and your family in the kitchen. Now back to the show. I am so excited about the guest that I have on the show today. It is my cousin's husband, Alex Loisel. He is a pastry chef and he has a bakery, two bakeries in Winnipeg, Manitoba, Canada, my hometown. They're called La Belle Baguette. And he has a beautiful Instagram page. You've got to check out his Instagram. It's Belle underscore Baguette, B-E-L-L-E underscore B-A-G-U-E-T-T-E. Now, I've never met Alix in real life before because I moved away before him and my cousin met. And um, But it's just so fascinating to me that there's so much food going on in my family. And I've only ever heard wonderful things about him. My mom raves about what a lovely person he is. So it was just so great to finally get to talk to him. And so I hope you really enjoy my conversation with Alix. Good morning, Christine. How are you doing? Good, how are you? Good, thank you. I want to start by asking who is in your household and who does most of the daily cooking? So in our household, it's um, my husband and I. Uh, His name is Peter. And we have two beautiful dogs. And that's it. Mm -hmm. And um, who does most of the cooking for you guys, like dinners, lunches, that kind of thing? Um, it's pretty much, um, we shared between the two of us. So it's, mm-hmm. we're basically both, uh, run our own businesses. So it's whoever is at home and whoever has the most time and who's, whoever is not exhausted <laughs> by the end of the day, uh, to, to cook a meal. Yeah, that makes sense. So, um, your husband is my cousin, Peter, and he and I used to wait tables together at the Oakwood cafe which was run mm-hmm. by our aunt and uncle and then became his. And now you have, a, well, you've had a food business for a long time. I find it super fascinating that these food people all are, are peppered through my family. And I'd love to hear about like how you guys met and whether food was part of that and how that is, like just having such foodie family stuff going on. Yeah, exactly. Um, well, I think that in the food industry, uh, I think it helps to be with somebody that's also in the same industry. I feel like it's the only way that you get to connect or that the other person in the relationship understands what your life is like. Because I feel I've been in other relationships where they've had like office jobs and whatnot, and it's almost impossible to, <laughs> to have a stable relationship. 
um, due to, to different scheduling and to not understand what you go through in a day. Yeah. So um, we, when I moved back to Winnipeg in 2013, um, I actually, um, we were all, I had already been talking to Peter um, on a professional basis, uh, like the food industry uh, over Facebook. And uh, we just decided to meet when I moved back mm. and talked about him about a job and whatnot uh, at the restaurant mm. that he owned. And uh, I guess he got more than he bargained for <laughs> 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 because I just wouldn't leave him alone after that. So oh, that's great. So now you have two bakeries in Winnipeg. Can you tell us mm-hmm. about them? Yeah, so when I first moved back to Winnipeg, um, I didn't really want to go back into baking right away. I had a little bit of a burnout uh, working in a pretty hardcore industry in Montreal and um, just wanted to lay low for a bit. And so I helped Peter out at the the restaurant uh, for about a year. And then after that, uh, it, it came back and I was like, okay, I need to start baking again. And uh, there was this great opportunity um, in um, in a residential area in Old St. Boniface, a building that was up for sale. And we're like, hey, we went to go look at it and just fell in love and uh, said, okay, well, let's do this. And then all of a sudden the brand was created and then we just <laughs> opened up uh, right away. And um, it was so popular after a year and a half that we needed more space to, to bake in and to serve like restaurants and cafes that we were supplying with baking. So we uh, had to open a second location that had a bigger kitchen. And do they both have the same name? Exactly, yeah. Um, So they're both called La Belle Baguette, um, and uh, they're both fully the the same. The storefronts Mm -hmm. are the same, and we carry the same uh, products. And actually, each location bakes for each other so mm. like we sh- in the morning we swap products less all the bread is baked in one location and like some the cinnamon buns and whatnot is baked at the other location and the, it keeps the consistency in the products and then we share between the two locations oh that makes so much sense i love that mm-hmm. so i i just want to say so you can find alix on instagram i think is my favorite it's bell baguette on instagram mm-hmm. the yeah. pictures are beautiful do you take those yourself yeah, so I take most of the pictures myself, just with my cell phone. Just you know, gotta make sure you get the good lighting and whatnot. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, we also work really closely with uh, our our food photographer, and uh, that's mostly right now for like Christmas time and whatnot. We'll do like a bigger photo shoot mm. um, for for like our our uh, holiday menu or like Easter menu or whatnot. But uh, we're working more and more with her to to take some some better quality or shots that are more set up you know it's it's not what i do really but mm-hmm. um it's it's really nice to have some great pictures well it's really beautiful so i want to go back you were talking about how important you feel it is to have a partner who is um familiar with the food industry and i know we were texting the other day you and i about the show and you said you were up at one o'clock in the morning baking so can you talk about that like the hours are really crazy right Right. Um, well, I, I mean, that's something that I I enjoy, actually. Um, 
getting up in the middle of the night. It's peaceful. I'm by myself. Um, there is no one in my way and I can just um, do my thing. Um, but yeah, so I get up at one o'clock in the morning um, and then uh, bake and then the shops open right now at eight o'clock. And um, after that, I'm pretty much done by 10 o'clock after I do some deliveries. Um, so that's like my time in the kitchen. Um, but I mean, it's just, uh, something that I've done for so long, the, the schedule and it's just part of the, part of the baking world, I guess. Mm -hmm. And so you're leaving Peter at home in bed and you go and bake and then you come home and I guess he's off for his day at work. Is that, is that right? Uh, yeah. So right now he's working from home, um, as a mortgage broker. Um, so he's just on Zoom all day long, pretty much. <laughs> and uh, he's just at home with, with the, the girls, the two dogs. Um, so that's that's nice for, for them to always have someone at home with them. Um, and I come home and, I mean, if he's had a busy morning, then, uh, you know, we'll, we'll uh, start putting lunch together or whatnot. But... Uh, or uh, if if he's had a bit of a more relaxed morning, he'll he'll have lunch ready when I come home, which is nice. Oh, that is nice. Um, so yeah. So that and then you guys share dinner cooking, like whoever is least busy, or you pitch in together and do that. Yeah, exactly. I mean, a lot of his customers, um, if his customers are busy during the day, then he'll have evening appointment appointments. Right. Uh, so he'll he'll be on on the on the phone or whatnot around five or six or whatnot, and I'll, I'll put together a, a dinner before I have to go to bed. I try not to go to bed too, too late, but it's around eight o'clock usually I go oh. to bed, so. Yeah, so, okay, so, you know, I grew up with my parents' restaurants, and that was, I mean, those are meal foods that we were making in the restaurants, and there was a lot of overlap often between, like, if they have leftovers or um, just, you know, bring dinner home from work was kind of standard for me, but your business yeah. is a bakery. So I'm assuming that it's not as easy to just, you know, grab something from work and have that be dinner. Is there overlap though, or ways that the business helps with your home cooking? Um, not really sure if that's a thing. I mean, like we serve a lot of, um, butcher shops and whatnot with the baking, with the bakery. So, I mean, in that way, when I am doing my deliveries, um, if, if I, if I go do a delivery at a butcher shop, I'll grab some things that they have, um, in their display case, uh, for, for lunch or dinner. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think in that way, um, or like a cheese shop or whatnot, like we do so many different types of shops so um i'll 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 come home at the end of my shift like around 10 o'clock or 11 o'clock and then sometimes i'll have some some things with me um so it's pretty much it's very european style of of um you know i'll go to the market or whatever like every day you know i'll come home with 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 a steak or a pound of ground chuck or whatnot and i'll be like okay well i'll cook this tonight and something like that so I love that. That's really great. It is very European. I was even thinking when you were saying that this your your bakery opens at 8 a.m. I'm thinking I was in Paris briefly a couple of times in my life and there were always bakeries on like every street corner. You could just wander down and get your morning croissant and morning baguette. So lovely. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I love that. Yeah. So, I mean, that's that's basically it. I mean, we I, I'm, I'll bring a bread home 
uh, like to make a sandwich or whatnot. But I mean, I don't bring dessert home every day. Yeah. I try to 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 have a pretty um, healthy meal plan, if you want to call it that way. Right. Yes. Yeah, so you don't eat a lot of the sweets. Do you end up? No. <laughs> do you end up tasting a lot while you're you're baking, or do you have those recipes are all sort of done and you're not testing all the time as you go? Yeah, I mean, having done this for over 10 years, uh, the recipes I have are pretty solid. And like, I'll make sure that, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll taste a tiny bit on a, the back of a spoon. But I mean, I don't, uh, I, I don't, I'm not full at the end of my shift by, <laughs> by, by eating here and there. I mean, it's a product that we, we have to sell, especially during this, uh, during this year, I mean, everything that we can sell is is, be- is best for the business. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So how, how has your business been doing through COVID? Um, so through COVID, like early in the spring, uh, when it all started, um, I mean, um, the government kind of encouraged people to stay at home for at least a few weeks to try to 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 end it and to try to <laughs> to to not to spread and whatnot. So um, and everyone was scared and did not know what to do. Mm-hmm. Um, so we, you know, most of my staff um, stayed at home after that. Uh-huh. I, I'd say from having a staff of over twenty people between the two locations down to one baker per location and my mom working in the front and uh, me going in between the two locations was pretty much all that I had left. So it was almost like we had gone back to day one of opening the bakery, except we now had two locations to run and the whole city to service (laughs) with product, which was kind of insane. So we were working just insane hours um everyone was just doing overtime and uh, getting the job done um all working together um but some bigger um contracts like the concert hall um shut down right away and so i mean there are some big contracts with big money uh just not coming in anymore so at the same time not having all that staff uh when it came to payroll was uh, a blessing um, so, I mean, we completely just rearranged the business. We were open seven days a week, mm-hmm. um, and then we went down to five days a week. So, I mean, and that gave me a weekend yeah. for the first time in ever in five years. Mm-hmm. And so, I mean, that was also another great thing. So, I mean, a lot of great things came out of it. Right. Um, but, and then we've just been trucking along uh, during the summer um, things got better again. Uh, well, not better, but I mean, people, you know, are were outside and walking, mm-hmm. um, and then the, the businesses started to to have people come in again, and that was great. So I brought back some staff, mm-hmm. um, and then we're heading into the holiday season, and I still have all that staff, so that's good. Yeah. <laughs> and then after that, well, I don't know what what we're gonna do, but. Yeah, for sure. It's uh, it's 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 we're taking it a week at a time, especially with the uh, with um, the restrictions changing all the time. Right, right. Yeah, I know Manitoba is in lockdown right now for a week, right? We are, yeah. So I mean, this week, this past weekend, we just started doing home deliveries again. 
um, to to try to increase the sales. So we're an essential service. We've never had to shut down okay. um, at all this this year. So which we're very thankful for. Oh, that's good. Um, but uh, yeah, so it's it's a lot of hard work as we're used to, but it's uh it's just completely different. Yeah. And I think, I mean, that, what you're saying sounds really amazing to me. You've been very flexible and adapting and you're, you're having to be in this place, which is actually very characteristic of restaurant business in general, that you can't mm-hmm. just, you have to be ready to jump and move and change all the time, whether that's in the kitchen, because there's a pot boiling over or in the front of the house or the business as a whole. It's a very adaptable field, right? Right. And, but I mean, like now it's like, we're only allowed to sell essential items. So like we have, we have sweaters and, um, and tea towels and all this stuff that, you know, we're selling and candles that we're selling on our, on our store shelves that, you know, all of a sudden we have to, to pull and we have to adapt. And, um, a lot of people are, are buying more groceries now because they're all staying at home, especially during this holiday season mm-hmm. so people are looking for more flour more like uh, baking ingredients so mm-hmm. you know we drove a few hours outside the city to to an organic farm and just picked up an entire pallet of two kilo bags of flowers and now we're selling flour oh that's a and great so, idea <laughs> so you know we're we're supporting other local businesses and totally cha- uh, changing the the nature of our business a little bit to, to get the customers through the door. That's so cool. I love that. So I want to talk about, um, so Christmas is coming and well, the holiday season is here. It was just Thanksgiving as we're recording this in the United States. I know you had Thanksgiving a month ago. Um, mm-hmm. And so it, it's this season and everybody's a little sadder because it's going to be smaller. And I thought that you'd be a great person to talk to about how people can support their local businesses um, in making their small holiday celebrations um, festive and fun, and if you have ideas for what people can do to support businesses like yours, um, yeah. So during this time, uh, usually we do a lot of bigger orders for sure, especially in the francophone community. I mean, it's it's more typical to have larger uh, family gatherings, mm-hmm. um, so we usually do quite a bit of large orders. Um, This year, we're really adapting where our offerings are more smaller sized or we'll have different uh, things to sell. So we have a lot of of, um, um, small businesses are adapting in a way that they have a lot more to offer Mm. um, just to drive in that business. So, I mean, I would say just to contact your local business uh, that you've gone to or that you've never gone to before. And with social media, it's so easy now because we're all, you know, we're laying it all out there Mm -hmm. and like, this is what we have. This is, you know, this is what you can get. And we've got all got gift baskets put together and this and that um, to, to make things um, easier for people. And also gift cards um, are a great way to, um, for, to, to support your local business um, so that you can possibly help them out now and then uh, purchase items in the future um, in a, in a better world next year. when you know, we're all vaccinated yeah. and, and, and people feel more comfortable to, to get out there. Yeah, for um, sure. So that's a, that's a good, a good thing to do uh, for them for sure. 
Um, but a lot of them, you know, are offering curbside and delivery and whatnot. So mm-hmm. I feel like, you know, people just need to make the effort to support their smaller uh, local bakeries, butcher shops and whatnot, and um, as opposed to the bigger stores. Mm-hmm. And I think that's going to really, really save um, a lot of businesses. For sure. And I think you made a really interesting point there that um, a lot of small businesses are pivoting and being adaptable, which means that they're probably doing things that are different from what they normally have. So reaching out to a mm-hmm. business like yours and saying, how can you make my Christmas better? You're going to say, we have these gift baskets. We have this organic flour, local Manitoba organic flour. Like uh, probably a lot of small businesses, if you ask them, have a whole bunch of offerings that you wouldn't necessarily expect that could make. Right. Like fun. a lot of people have are calling us and asking about a product that we haven't had since last year because we stopped making it because we had less staff. But instead of that, you know, we're doing something completely different and we are small businesses are making a a tremendous effort um, to pivot and to be there for the community. And more than ever, I mean, we're donating uh, to, to charities and to support the people that are in dire needs right now. And we're still playing that role, even though we don't have the same cash flow coming in, um, because, you know, that's the nature of our business. Um, our communities are relying on us to be there for them um, as they've been there for us in the past. And so just to support that uh, this holiday season is, is uh, more important than ever. I love that. Thank you so much for talking with me today, Alix. I hope you have a wonderful holiday season. Yeah, thank you, too. Thanks. Bye. Isn't Alix so great? I really loved talking to him. And and seriously, no joke, you've got to check out his Instagram, Belle underscore Baguette. The pastries are so beautiful. I just want to eat them all, and I don't even have a sweet tooth. So check that out. And if you live in Winnipeg, if you live in Manitoba, definitely go check out his bakeries, La Belle Baguette. And of course, it sounds like lots of his stuff is available at different locations too, so that's just super cool. So for the meal plan today, I wanted to really focus on quick and easy dinners because I know that it's just such a stressful time of the year for everybody. And so that's what I've done. And I think I have a really nice meal plan. It's got some um, different cultures going on that wasn't really intentional, but you know, I'm rolling with it. So we are starting with a 15 minute soup. You know, I talk about these all the time. This is ready from start to finish in 15 minutes, all the chopping, everything. It's a chicken tortilla soup. So it's got chicken, it's got tortilla chips, it's tomato based. um, And you can go um, as big as you want on this with like fresh toppings at the end. You can add chopped green onions, chopped fresh tomatoes, olives, avocado, um, or you can just, you know, put a dollop of sour cream on top and call it a day. Um, And you can do some like cheese toast or something like that on the side. But because it's got the tortilla chips in it and the chicken and there's vegetables, it's kind of a one pot and go. And, you know, I love soup on Mondays for dinner because if there's leftovers, it makes such a good lunch the next day. So on the second day of the meal plan, I have a Kung Pao shrimp recipe. Um, It comes together really, really quickly in the pan. And while it's cooking, you can have some rice going. You're going to make extra rice because you got it. We're going to do a burrito bowl later in the week. 
And then I've also got a recipe for you for um, cauliflower that's roasted whole. So I've told you before about the broccoli that you do whole. This is cauliflower that's done whole. And just the beautiful thing about this is you get a head of cauliflower, um, you just take the core out and then rub it with some olive oil, salt and pepper and stick it on a pan in the oven. And it ends up, it's like brown on the outside and really soft in like sort of the middle and then the sort of very very center has a little more texture to it um and i don't know i just really like it and you're gonna do um two of those heads of cauliflower because you're gonna need some later in the week on day three you're gonna have parmesan crusted chicken and you're gonna have that with some of that leftover cauliflower and you're gonna do um, just some fresh pasta. So in the refrigerator section of the grocery store, they sell um, fresh linguine and fresh fettuccine. And I just really like this because it only takes a few minutes to cook once it hits the water. So when everything else is ready to go, you've got your pot of water boiling, somebody's setting the table or queuing up the TV show if that's what your family's doing. We've got some good Netflix shows that we're watching these days while we eat. Um, and and so that's happening and then you just drop that pasta in for a few minutes and it's ready. So that is the third day of this meal plan. On the fourth day of the meal plan, some um, leftovers from other parts of the week are coming together. So we're going to do Italian rice bowls. So you're going to have the leftover rice from day two, and you're going to use some leftover chicken from the Parmesan crusted chicken. You might have to make extra to make that happen. And then you're going to do that hot, hot rice, hot chicken, um, some mozzarella, and then some chopped fresh zucchini and chopped fresh tomatoes. That's just going to be a quick, nice dinner. Really, all you're doing is heating up the rice, heating up the chicken, and then chopping a couple of vegetables up. And then on the last day of this meal plan, I told you we're going all over the world. We did Mexico. We did something Asian with the Kung Pao chicken. We've got Italian twice, and we're landing in the United States of America with some Philly cheese steaks. I've got two versions of them. I've got like an authentic one that is just like you would find at like Gino's in Philly. Um, and I also have one that's more like I call like restaurant style, what you would get here in Florida at like whatever restaurant, TGI Fridays or somewhere like that, where it's got like bell peppers and mushrooms and that kind of stuff. So you can do either of those. And you're going to serve that with some quick roasted zucchini. So you're making double use of the zucchini. One day it's in the Italian rice bowl, bowl but uncooked, cold and fresh. And then the next day you're going to cook it up and have it with your Philly cheese steaks. I hope that you love that meal plan. And I hope that you've enjoyed this show. And I am looking forward to talking with you again next week. Have a great week until then. TMI is a production by Zwayne Entertainment. Have a production for your company or project? Contact Zwayne at ZwayneEntertainment.com. That's Z-O-U-A-I-N Entertainment.com. Music by Audio Snack. Check out more of their music at audio-snack.com. Replays were harmed during the making of the show.